0: Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Vines, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're the God who fights for us. And this we know, as true as the Lord lives before whom we all stand, even in this night, that you ever lives, to make intercessory prayer for us. Therefore, we shall all be intercessors also. And we shall make intercession for others. We shall abandon selfishness and put on a garment of selflessness and unashamedly begin to pray for people that really need to get out of difficult situations and be saved in this final hour, in this last generation. We thank you, Lord, as we submit ourselves sacrificially as living sacrifices working together in prayer for the salvation and the deliverance of many by the power of the faith in the Word which is Jesus Christ, the Lord, Messiah, the King of glory. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead and He is Lord. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Give the Lord a praise offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you to the band and they may stay on standby too, but they can go off for now and just rest their legs. Otherwise, we could go on all night with what I call the minstrels, like Isaiah called them. And uh, so, you know, I spoke to you about what is an intercessor. So when you have a Saturday morning prayer meeting, you have several pastors praying together right here on the platform. And we all take turns. We pray for the nation, for the people, for you, for the church, for the young people, for the young people. I wonder where the young people are tonight. Who's un- Would you stand if you're under the age of 25? Stand up, please. Give the Lord a praise of you. <laughs> Amen. You see, you are looking at the next generation. Thank you. maybe see seated. They, the young people, are the people who have to carry the torch if the Lord tarries in any way whatsoever. And if there's yet another generation, which I doubt, but they have to take the torch and carry it forward. Can you say amen? Amen. they the leaders of tomorrow. Now here is a beautiful verse. I'm just going to read, read this one verse for you. That you again get the idea of what is an intercessor. Nobody does intercession for himself. You pray prayers, petitions, supplications. Those petitions, you're asking God something that you need help with. You're asking God seriously for a breakthrough in your finances. And that's what you call supplications when the intensity is there and you rise to that level of intensity. I like intense prayer. I like being serious with God. I don't like it when people are going to hell. Can you say amen? I want to see every Christian rise up to the occasion in the final hour because the king of the harvest is standing at the door, and he says, lo, I stand at the door, and I knock. Any man hears my voice, he will open the door, and I will come in, my father will come in, and we will sup with him. We are temples of the living God, and we dwell with God inside our hearts, and we have a direct connection with heaven. Can you say Amen. Yes, says Paul in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 9. We have the sentence of death. See, here's the danger. They're living in the time of the Roman Empire. They're a persecuted church. Every time both the Jews were persecuting the apostle Paul because of the doctrine of Jesus Christ and because he preached the resurrection of the dead through faith in Jesus and salvation. These signs shall follow those who believe. Yes, we had the death death. Or the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves when you get into a difficult position, do not trust in the arm of flesh, but trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, pray about everything, and He'll help you with everything also. I didn't even get an amen on that one maybe it's a school holidays or something, who delivered us from so great a death. And even now during this period of COVID, all of you are alive sitting here. He delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust and He will still deliver us. You also, watch this now, helping together, helping together in prayer for us. So they had to do intercession for Paul and his team out there in the field against the dangers of hellfire that was trying to raise up an army of the devil against them. You also helping together in prayer for us, not pray for yourselves, but pray for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. See, they were praying. The early church people were praying people. And I tell you, if you lived in the catacombs, you will be a praying person. And I tell you, if you are coming into a house church in those days from house to house, you come into those, we call them home cells now, but you come into a house church You stood the chance of everybody losing their lives. In fact, sometimes there are instances written in the annals of of history. It's it's written that where they found Christians worshipping together, they they would surround the place and burn down the entire house with the people on the inside of it. They were fed to lions. Those lions were not like the lions we currently have. Those lions of the North Africa and that area where the lions were caught and taken up to Caesar, the emperor in Rome, those lions were the Barbary lions. They were the same size as tigers. And they were let loose on the Christians to kill them. So if you received Jesus Christ, you did it. You did it. You took that step of faith to trust in him. Because he delivers you from so great a death. COVID is nothing. I said, COVID is nothing. Amen. I said, Jesus is still in control. Amen. I said, you're still breathing. Amen. How many of you are still breathing? Let me see hands right now. Otherwise, I have to pray for you straight away. Amen. He gives to us the breath of life. Sometimes we pray for things that don't happen the way we want them. But it's His will that will be done. And sometimes we can't even understand when things happen the way they happen. But let me tell you tonight, Let me say this to you tonight, that God's way, the things of God in our lives, they always work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. And I can tell you tonight that I have never trusted in anything else but God Almighty to deliver me under all circumstances from all things. Since the day I had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, having said that, I'm going to go on to Daniel, the prophet. But before I dive into the chapter there and just talk about it, let me just tell you very quickly and bring you into the picture. Because when we were studying at the university, we had to do what you call the history of Israel. And so we had to write exams about that, just pure, the history, like the history of South Africa, or the history of China, or the history of of the United States, whatever we had, the history of Israel. And uh, it was quite informative, and based upon that, and the knowledge of that, I started teaching in the Bible school the history of Israel, or the Old Testament, and Maud now took that over. And she became such a specialist in it. She read, I never seen anything like it. Every time she does the course, she takes new books and she reads them on the history of Israel. I've not come across anybody that knows the Old Testament like she does. But in the days of the Old Covenant, King Solomon started bowing down to the many wives that he had taken. And he started building temples for their idol gods. And he bowed down with his wives to some of those idols. Then the Lord sent a prophet to him and said to him, because you have done this, and because you've been unfaithful to me, therefore, after your death, the kingdom will be torn in two. And the man of God spoke at the word. He died. Solomon had a son called Rehoboam and he could only take Judah, Benjamin, the priests and the Levites in the south, corporately known as the Jews from that moment. Judah, Benjamin and the Levites which consisted of Levite, the Levites themselves, the helpers of the tabernacle and from the the Levites also there was the house of Aaron, the priests. So they progressed multiplied in numbers and that's where the royal priesthood comes from from those days and so in the north a new kingdom arose under a man called jeroboam he was evil immediately down by betel or bethel up in the north and Dan, he erected two golden calves and told the people, did exactly what the people did at the base of Mount Horeb and said, these are your gods, O Israel. And the north became known as Israel and the south as Judah or the Jews. And there in the north, it's either Ephraim, they were called Ephraim, or they were called Israel. So from the far north came the Assyrian Empire. After they were warned, by prophets in the class of Elijah and Elisha, that they were to repent. And Elijah did a good job on Mount Carmel when he prayed and God answered with fire. But yet they would not serve the Lord. Soon they would waver. Elisha was there and did twice as many miracles in his, lifetime, in his lifetime, but it still didn't help. And at the end of it all, The north just completely backslid and got into idolatry and the Assyrian Empire came in and took them captive and took them into, this is the so-called lost 10 tribes of Israel, took them up into Assyria, into the areas of the lower Russia and uh, of that time the ancient Assyrian Empire borderlines into the southern part of Russia and they spread into the areas of Europe, and they migrated all over Europe. And that are those people are called the 10 tribes or the lost 10 tribes of Israel. God knows who belongs to those tribes to this day. He knows who's the dad and the mom and the grandpa and the great-grandpa of everybody. How many of you know that he knows where you come from too? Right? But in the south, it was the monarchy, and those were the people who were the king's that were in the lineage of King David. And the first one was Rehoboam, King Solomon's direct son. And from him, there are all those kings which we in those days had to memorize, know them. And it goes on and on and on and on. And finally till the days of Zedekiah, when they were also turning away from God and did abominable things and even erected a statue for the God called Molech. In the valley of Hinnom, therefore it's called the valley of Gehenna. And they offered children alive to a statue which they built with bronze. He heated it up so that it would glow and look awesome and fearful. And now to pacify this idol god, which God detested, this one called Molech, this evil fire. They would cast their children into the arms of that thing that stood like this. And those children would just burn up in that fire to appease Moloch and God was angry and there was Manasseh and there were some kings there that got up to stuff and finally in the days of Tzedekiah the south was also captured this time by the Babylonians carrying them away to a place called Babylon Babylon which means confusion where does the word Babylon come from? comes from the word babble. Have you ever heard anybody babbling? What does that mean? It means I don't understand what you're saying. There were giants in the earth in those days. Genesis chapter number 6 and after that. After what? After the deluge, the flood of Noah. And those giants, King David finally took took care of all of those giants with his, his fighting army. The warriors and the heroes of King David took them out. And here they're sitting in Babylon, right there in the area where God said, get out of this land. And Abram left there and he left Haran in the north of the Fertile Crescent and came into Israel. And there they were in a place where they're not supposed to be. Marshall's Bible handbook calls the Chaldeans, it says it means demons. In the Marshall's Bible handbook. They spoke the language of Babylon. What language did those giants speak? They couldn't understand them. They said they were just babbling. Babbling, Babel. So confusion of language came. As they tried to build the tower and go into a rebellion in the days shortly after Noah against God. And said, that's never going to happen to us. And Nimrod himself was the one who planted and who was the one who was the king at that time, himself was one of the Giburim, Giburim, Cham Tumim, Chumim, Anakim. These were the giants. Og, the king of Bashan, had a fifteen foot bed. Moses took him out. Can you say amen? Well, i got one amen out of that. Give the Lord a praise offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now the children of Israel sitting at the place of actually, shall we say, the Jews, are now Judah. They carried away into Babylon. And they're in Babylon, they're now, they kill all the men that can fight. They take the young boys that can become servants, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they all go to Babylon. But this Daniel was a man of destiny, and so was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They would stop the fire of hell itself in the fiery oven. They would stop the lions in the lion's den. Daniel finding himself in the lion's den. In the days of Darius. Wow. So by the rivers of Babylon where we wept well, as the psalm goes, when we remembered Sion. Sion is how you say it. In the Jewish language. Eretz Sion, the land of Zion. And they were thinking of the state of the temple in Jerusalem, where the Babylonians had utterly destroyed everything. But there was a prophet, one of the major prophets by the name of Jeremiah. He quickly went and he got the key furniture items from the tabernacle, from the temple of King Solomon. And he brought those things down underground passages that exist there in a place called Tzedekiah's Tunnels, brought them out and took them and hid them away. And archaeologists have sought after those things, oh Lord, twice in visions. I've seen that, seen the Ark of the Covenant. So, he hides it. Right under the Babylonians' noses, they still don't know it up to this day. The one place they wouldn't look is where it went. God is good all the time. So Daniel, the prophet, is there. I love Daniel. I've always liked him. He used to say the visions of my head troubled me upon my bed. I've had that many times too. That I would see things in the night of things to come and so on and so forth. But be as it may. I'm not going to get into that. But Daniel chapter number 9, verse number 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus. I do not know why they've translated that as, that name is that, because it is Ahasuerus. In the Afrikaans language, Ahasferosh. It's correct. Of the lineage of the Medes, the Medes of the Persian Empire combined who were made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, this is Daniel 9 verse 2, understood by the books, the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah, major prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Now, Daniel... Man of no compromise. I tell you what, it's the one thing, it's the one thing in my life that I've decided to do every possible thing that I can possibly do, that I can think of, that I can pray for and do everything to have a close walk with God. I want to walk with God all the time. How many of you want to walk with God all the time? Then start practicing that Immediately. Let not this book be at home and not available. At least have it on here and make sure that you have it. It's on my cell phone. It's always with me, the Bible. Verse 3 Then I set my face to the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications. That is higher level. Intensity. With fasting more intensity sackcloth humility and ashes maximum humility throwing ash on his head and I prayed to the Lord my God and I made confession and said "O Lord great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments we have sinned and we have committed iniquity He doesn't say they've sinned. He says we have sinned. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the saving grace of God has appeared to all men through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I could get a better amen for that one. The saving grace of God has appeared, says Titus, to all men. We have sinned and committed iniquity, in other words, evil in wickedness. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgment. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. Jeremiah was the preceding prophet to Daniel and to Ezekiel. They were both in Babylon. Ezekiel was there, Daniel was there. They both prophesied. Ezekiel was a major prophet. Actually, Daniel, in my thinking, definitely also. It's like the book of Revelation, you have two glasses. You have to have both lenses. The one lens is on the book of Daniel and all the prophecies around that from Isaiah and Jeremiah and Nehemiah and all those things. And then, of course, the other eye is the New Testament and the book of Revelation, particularly there. And there are many other parts of the New Testament which are highly prophetic. For example, even the the Apostle Peter. We have sinned. We've committed iniquity. Neither, verse 6... Have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. He had got hold of the scroll of the prophet Jeremiah and he wanted to know what on earth is going on. Why are we sitting? We are aliens in a country where we don't belong. The promised land is ours and we are robbed. The northern tribes are gone. They were replaced, it was the custom of the day, by people that were like nomadic kind of people that they placed there and a mixture of old men that remained still from Israel that were of no use to them and they might as well just leave them there. They became the Samaritans. And so he looks at his predecessor, Jeremiah, and he finds the answer 70 years. Neither have we heeded yourselves, the prophets, verse 7. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you. But to us shame our face as it is this day. To the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel. Those near and those far, far away in all the countries to which you have driven them. Because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. Adonai, Almighty God. O Lord, to us belongs Shame a face to our kings, to our princes, to our fathers. Because we've sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness. I repeat those words purposely. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness. For everyone in this place too. Though we have rebelled against Him. Verse 10. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in His laws, which He set before us by His servants, the prophet. Yes, all Israel has transgressed in your law. Now He talks about the entire Israel. And has departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, Isha Elohim, have been poured out on us. Deuteronomy 28 from verse number 14, 15 and onwards. For the rest of that chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 28. Because we have sinned against Him. And He has confirmed His words which He spoke against us and against our judges who judged us by bringing upon us a great disaster. For under the whole heaven there has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem, as it is written in the law of Moses, All these disasters come upon us, yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand the truth, your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept the disaster in mind and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt, we sang about that tonight, and with a mighty hand, And may your name, as it is this day, we have sinned. All of us have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. Wasn't it for Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary? Can you say amen and give the Lord a praise offering? Daniel 9 verse 16. O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city Jerusalem and your holy mountain Mount Moriah because of our sins and the iniquity of our fathers Jerusalem and your people that are reproached to all those around us. Now therefore our God hear the prayer of your servants and his supplications. He is praying for the people. He is praying for Jerusalem. He's forgotten himself in all of this. The most he does is to confess his own sins also, you read that, which is desolate, Jerusalem. O oh my God, incline your ear and hear, open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. O oh Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen. O Lord, act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people. See, he's praying as the intercessor. This is the intercessor. It's one of the most beautiful prayers in the Bible. For your people are called by your name. Now, while I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people and presenting my supplication before the Lord, my God, for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was even speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, the chief messenger angel that announced the birth of the Messiah whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused swiftly to fly, reach me at the time of the evening offering. And he begins to lay out one of the most staggering parts of the Bible. From here you find the unveiling of the Antichrist. And from here you find where the Antichrist fa- comes from. And from here you dovetail straight into the book of Revelation. And you find out what? Daniel the prophet was an intercessor. Paul says this exceedingly great threat even unto death, a threat of death. Yet we have learned not to trust in the flesh, but to trust in the Lord. We trust in the Lord. We lean not on our own understanding. We acknowledge Him in all of our ways. And here, right here, I have purposely read through A breakthrough prayer. Because right there the angel comes and he says, Okay, 70 years have been appointed to thy people and to thy holy city and to Jerusalem, the city you're busy praying about. And then finally, in verse number 27, from 24 to 27, he begins to talk about the Antichrist. Verse 27, the abomination of desolations. And at that time, Jerusalem was called the desolation. will set himself up in the temple as God and present himself as God. He will abolish all other religions. The great harlot, in other words, that sits upon the beast of Revelation chapter 17. And it all unfolds. It's like this. It falls like that, dovetail. And you begin to understand what happens that somebody somewhere has to pray the prayer of the righteous and say, Lord, hear, Lord, forgive South Africa and its people and all the violence and the bloodshed and the looting and all the things that have been abominable in this land that has happened. We have no right to judge anybody. God has forbidden me. I may not even speak a word against another servant of God by name. Neither may I ever speak a lie because I have the spirit of truth upon me. And I stand in a prophetic office. And therefore I may not talk anything but the truth. But Daniel is a prophet. Daniel says, Lord, hear, Lord, forgive. He confesses his sins. So did I. So did you, because all have sinned. How many have also sinned? Can we see your hands? Let the Lord know about that. It's the spirit of truth. Lord, forgive. And finally, God did send deliverance. And they came back in the days of Nehemiah and Ezra. And they built the walls of Jerusalem during times of trouble exactly in accordance with the time frame given there by that angel, angel Gabriel, to Daniel. And if you go deeper into the codes there, then you find that even the location now and the height above sea level of the Ark of the Covenant is is given there, underneath, hidden in the text right before the eyes of so many, yet they've never seen that. So, one intercessor can stand in the gap. Where's, my, oh, here's another gap today. I don't see the wall, but I see a gap. One intercessor can stand in the gap and shine as a light, no flea can come through there. No fly, should I say. No pestilence, no plague. You see, it's like this. Pastor Tien, I would use you as an example. You said, you do this around your family and you pray. You and God. Right? And Tatu, you do this around your family and pray. How many of you do that around your family and you pray? Let me see your hands right now. You're intercessors. What is Saturday all about? Saying, okay, it's not me. Selflessness unselfishness, I have to do, I have to be part of the lips of many working together in prayer that God would save this nation. Because here is a beautiful land with beautiful people, all of them. I've learned to love every people in this nation. And you know who jumped straight into my heart when I saw them? The Bushmen. They were just beautiful. Out there at the Halakadi. They were in their full regalia, dancing, arrows and bow and arrows and the whole, but they just going on. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, Lord God, I'd like to spend an hour or two, or even a day or two, with that bunch. Because they are so interesting. They're just beautiful. For God has made from one blood, says the Apostle Paul, all the nations of the earth. The one thing we all have in common is blood. You know that. This is this the doctor? Is that right if I say that? Yes. That's the one thing we've got in our veins. We all have hearts. And in, the, in our hearts, we are all got one blood. So watch this. Why should we behave just like the world? We are the children of God. How many of you kingdom of God citizens? Well, everybody welcome to the kingdom of God tonight. Give Jesus a praise offering. Right there, right there, right there. Even Israel, even Israel consisted of the full Israel now, of 12 tribes. But they were all one. But one shall put a thousand to flight and do 10,000. So if we pray on Saturday morning, for example, if we pray, Or We have a prayer event and we pray on a Saturday morning and we do this and we pray for the nation and all the people working together as one focus on what is wrong in the land and begin to pray. Right now, we're sitting on the doorstep of an election. Now, it's not for me to judge any political party. It's none of my business. People love doing that, but that is not where I'm at whatsoever. I'm after the souls of those people. I want to see them saved and go to heaven and not hell. Can you say amen? amen. That's why I love Cape Town. I go in Cape Town, you know Tatu, You go to Cape Town and you stand at the lighthouse on the point right there on the peninsula at the lighthouse. And you do that with your hands, you got the whole of South Africa in your arms. Like that. So I'm there, and there's a pastor from Indonesia with me, Alex Eduave. And Alex stands next to me, and I said, Alex, just give me a moment, please. South Africa for Jesus. From coast to coast. <laughs> Amen. But years before that, still in the old dispensation, I went to Cape Town. We decided to go up on the mountain. And um, I looked down on the city from the side of Table Mountain from the top. You see, there's the House of Parliament. I got the spirit of prayer, see. So I decide this is a good time to start praying. Forget about the people walking around. I'm praying now. So I let loose and I thought, well, you know what? I know this because spiritual warfare, if you have a knowledge, I must get into that with you sometime. If you have a knowledge of spiritual warfare, you know exactly how the devil works. He goes for the top people because the top people control the land. Those top people need more prayer than anybody else. That's why Paul the Apostle says, in the first place, I would that all men make prayers, petitions, intercessions, and giving of thanks. For all men, for all who are in authority. Why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life, which is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who wants all men, not some men, all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. Faith works by love. And I look at that and I thought, well, okay, there's parliament and they're in session. I know it because it's, news at the moment and I'm looking and I thought this is a good opportunity to do a little thing with the devil and I stood there I raised my hands over that parliament right from top of Table Mountain on the edge of Table Mountain and I said devil come out of that building in Jesus Christ's name but right below me under the rock was a man lying down. He was sleeping. (laughs) He nearly rolled over. I tell you, his eyes were popping out like an eagle. Here he's sleeping, and the next thing, devil, come out! And he came out. I said, don't worry, sir, you're not the devil. But it was just one of those funny moments in my life, I tell you. I mean, nobody would know he was even there. What is he doing? He's lying sleeping on the edge there. If he didn't watch it, he'd be flying. But we're all intercessors. Because you have loved ones. Molly Kelly and the band, come forward, please. You have loved ones. How many got some loved ones? How many of you understand that you're intercessors? An intercessor is not anybody who prays for himself. We have petitions for ourselves, yes. We have petitions for our children as parents. But when we really get into intercession, okay, there's something I haven't said, but I need to say this. There's a thing in intercessory prayer. I think the i the intercessor of the book. The of the intercessor the book. And I think of early material which I studied years ago. We're talking back 1983, and um, we have a thing called identification. So, Kasi, you identify with the trouble of somebody heavily, yet you remain objective. But in this moment of time of intercessory prayer you identify to such an extent with a with whatever the ailment or whatever the problem is that it's as if it is yours and you in full strength take on the devil because they don't always have the strength to do that they might be too sick they might be in a coma they might be in a place where they say I can't pray I just don't, don't have no power no strength by identification you take on that As if you had it and you said, right there, devil, I'm standing in the gap. Like there, I'm in the gap. I bring light in this situation. And as long as I'm around, there's no death. There's no nothing. That person's going to stay alive. Can you say amen? Amen. And so by the grace of God, we fetch people out of um, hospitals where they thought they were dying, but they weren't dying. Because when I walked in the door, the Lord says, this is not unto death. This person will, will live. I will heal this person. Even before I prayed, I just walked up to the person and I say, thank you. But if the Lord gave me a word and he did that at times, said, this is unto death, I'd pray a completely different prayer. You wouldn't even notice it. But you'd find my prayer would change. I, I notion prayer changes according to the situation. If you have the knowledge that this person is actually leaving. Can you say amen? There's so much spiritual growth. There's a new Bible coming out, NLT translation, soon be in the bookshop, the NLT Spiritual Growth Bible. I like that. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.